1: They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site wide.
2: You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Alright, this is the Laugh Button Podcast. I'm Mark, he's Matt. Welcome to another episode. We're super stoked to be back. Got a very special guest joining us on this episode. He goes by the name Daniel Sloss and plays him in real life. Daniel Sloss is a uh, UK comedian. He's from Scotland, Ireland, England. Technically, he's he's an international comedian, so he's from everywhere, Matt. Uh, I don't know how else to, to sell it. You need to brush up on your accents. Oh, what did I try to do? Scotland. Oh, yeah. Was it that it was bad? bad? It was bad. It was borderline racist. <laughs> no, well, I don't think someone doing a bad accent is racist. I think that's just showing mm-hmm. their talent capabilities at well, that particular accent. <laughs> and your talents are not good at that accent. Not at the Scottish one, no. Do you yeah. do any good accents? I, I mean, how's the one I'm doing right now? I think I'm is nailing. That, is it. Is that like Midwestern? This is my personal accent. This is I'm crushing it. I do this one on a daily basis. Okay,
0: like I, you know, what's funny is I, I don't do any good accents. I don't do a damn one. Okay, uh, but people say I have a very, a uh, heavy accent because of where I'm. I was born and raised. Like, I was born and raised in South Jersey, and okay. so my accent is like it's weird because it's 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 sometimes part. There's a little bit of Southern twang to it. People say. Okay, but there's also like that Philly. Italian kind of like you know settler type of vibe to it like 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 a, almost like a dude bro yoey type of I was thing gonna say to
2: goomba you went with settler so settler
0: <laughs> like a settler okay. it's like like the big the big act the the big affluence on, uh, of sure. afflictions on my accent are like saying mean, like, things like water or home when I say things like that people are like oh it's W O U L D R, not W A T R like I always sure. get mocked for that kind of stuff, but I, I suck at accents. You know um, it, like I went to school in Central Jersey, but I grew up in South Jersey and I when I went to college, people are like, Oh my god, you have a southern accent. I'm like, asshole, I'm from thirty miles south of you. Like Well, southern to them, yeah, sure. Yeah, but like when I hear southern accent, I think of like the deep south, Georgia, sure, uh Alabama, Mississippi. Not deliverance, just a, a, a deeper, more twangy type All of right.
2: thing. Uh um, um, you know what it's I is? don't feel like I have. You know what it is for me? If I'm in the environment, I'll pick up on it and then I'll be able to crush it, right? So if I'm playing hockey and I'm playing hockey with a bunch of Canadians and they have the hockey lingo and the sort of that, that American Canadian hybrid hockey accent, okay. I'm like all on board. I just have to hear it and then I can repeat it. I just I, I can't do that like on purpose. Well, Does that yeah, make I mean, sense?
0: Well, you hear, that, you hear that come up a lot in conversations about, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, speaking the dialect. Or like, like you know, there's comedians that have plenty of jokes about, like, speaking black when they're mm-hmm. in, like, black people speak a different way in front of white people versus black people. Chappelle had a ton of jokes about that. Chris Rock had a ton of jokes about that. Is that the same
2: thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It's environmental, man. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm just uh, reflective. Reflective. Does that make sense? I'm a, I'll be a mirror well, of whatever's there is happening part of that, around me. Well, there
0: is part of that mimicking. Like, when I first meet, like, there's, like, these things I teach about, like, when you meet people. It's, yeah. like, you know, you kind of, like, you mirror what they're doing. Or sure. Or, like, you rock with them. It kind of, like, creates this sense Trying of, like... Trying to connect. It's sense of, it creates a connection and a sense of trust. And that those are, like, actual... Those are actual techniques people use in sales and in relationships and dating and all that kind of stuff. And you so.
2: over-accentuate things. Like, if they say, oh, um, man, purple's my favorite. Purple's your favorite because it's mine, too. Yeah, And you're, yeah, like yeah. overly. Yeah. Or, like, you know, best there's, friended, there's, you yeah. know or there's like the hair
0: touching and all that kind of stuff. There's like sure. subliminal cues. So I, I'm assuming dialect and accent is the same. It goes in the same I way. I think
2: so. Um, my, my wife, who's Puerto Rican, uh, you know, Spanish is her first language. It's amazing when she flips the switch. Because you've you've met her, you've talked to her. She sounds like she's from the United States. You You would have never guessed. If you didn't tell me your wife was Puerto Rican, I wouldn't have even guessed it. Well, because she looks Asian. She does look Asian.
0: Actually, you're actually, now that you mentioned it, yeah, Yeah. she has a little bit, she looks more Asian than Puerto Rican.
2: Right, it's super confusing. But the second she's on the phone with her mom and just flips the switch, it's like, do I even know you? Where are your papers? Uh, you know That's so funny Because my d- wife does the same thing When yeah. she
0: speaks to her family
2: Over in Italy Yeah it's so funny Yeah
0: she she uh, Her family was born and raised On like this little mountain On like the, the ridge, ridge of Italy Oh it's the best And they has this weird dialect That's not even really Fully Italian But mm-hmm. it's also part like Albanian Because it was settled By Albanian people Like hundreds of years ago So like it's, it's a hybrid So like even Italian people Kind of have problems di- This dialect It's literally spoken by like the inhabitants of this town It's like, like her
2: family That's 300
0: it. people Or something like that <laughs> But cool. when she talks It's funny because it's like it, I equated to You married that, a mountain person well, a, a descendant of a, ma- a mountain a person. Mountain she was born and raised in the United States. She's a descendant
2: of mountain oh, people. Oh, gotcha. There
0: you go. Nice. Um, Love that. When I hear her talk to her family, it's kind of like uh when R2 D2 was first talking to the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> sure. You'd, you'd hear like, blah 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 blah. Death Star, blah-ba-dee, blah-ba-dee, blah 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 blah. Like, you'd hear like one or two words. You're like, I know what that word is. What's up with that? What are you saying
2: about me? <laughs> I'm not going to call you out on your R2 D2 impression, but it's, it's pretty bad. racist pretty blah. Blah blah. blah. Yeah. That's that's racist. All right. I don't know. My Scottish one was racist. I'm <laughs> I said pretty borderline sure. Borderline racist, that, buddy. Borderline. <laughs> racist. <laughs> that astromech droid uh, <laughs> fucking you accent do do you just tried do to a do. Death
0: Star. <laughs> Definitely. Bob, da, 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 da Darth Vader. Yes.
2: All right. Well, so. Daniel Sloss has joined us, and, and Daniel's uh, one of those guys that's in a situation like a like a Russell Peters or a Tim Minchin, somebody that's really big everywhere else in the world, and they come to the United States, and people just don't know yet. You know why and do you think that is? And give it two, three years and Daniel Sloss will be on everybody's radar because this guy's a beast. He's been selling out every single show he's done at Edinburgh Fringe Festival since like two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. And he's killing it and he's finally not not finally coming over here, but he he's like a regular on Conan now. Like every time yeah. he comes to the States, he's here just to do a Conan and he pieces out. So, you know, Conan sees something in him. Yeah. You yeah. know. And And I think people will eventually catch on, you know, once you get past the, oh, you don't sound like me, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't understand Brexit, move on, right? Okay, yeah, but my initial
0: question remains is, Mm -hmm. why do you think that is? Why do you Um, think there are some comedians that just have yet to get any traction in the U.S.? Like, to me, even Russell Peters isn't. Russell Peters in the U.S. still. I know. You know uh, what I mean, like. You but, know. I, but like, I would say like a Jim Jeffries is. Jim Jeffries has slowly but surely. But uh, Jim Jeffries put out four, five specials in Australia before like he started to make any dent over here. And I only feel like he made a dent here after that gun control. I was stuff just going to that say that's, so the, answer. Like, that's it was, the answer. It was an American topic, maybe. I don't know.
2: The Americans can relate and/or at least understand the gun control. Yeah. You know, or at least find someone that they're going to agree or disagree with. Okay and and they can weigh in on that. You know what I mean? Like if Daniel who has this amazing bit about how tampon should be free uh over in the UK and and they're not mm-hmm. um an amazing bit. So funny. Maybe an American would think, "Oh, I can get that from somebody that's over here." Okay. But you're talking it, talking about it from a political perspective. I don't deal with your policies, I don't live over there, I don't care, right? And that's unfortunate.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, we... Brexit, you brought up Brexit earlier, but, like... A, that's a great example. It's like we heard Brexit. We were like, this is a weird thing. And we we heard about it for the week before it happened. And then right. like a couple days after it happened. And now it's like, oh. And people no didn't care about, about
2: it until it was called Brexit because it wasn't called that at first. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, now yeah, it's a yeah. funny sounding cereal. Well, and all yeah, of a sudden we're all on board. Well, with, it's an easily
0: digestible package that exactly. media can kind of deliver to people.
2: Well, uh, nonetheless, I'm super psyched to have him on because I think he's a real talent. I mean, this guy started stand-up when he was so young. And just found his way, found his voice. And we talk about all of his people that he respects and who he wants to be. And he name drops the likes of like the Louis C.K.'s and, yeah. and the Bill Burrs. But he also brings up people like Brendan Burns who uh, take these risks on stage beyond any of these huge names that are really successful and are really breaking down those walls of can we even talk about certain things on stage from a funny perspective. Yeah. you know? And anyway, it's a great discussion. And for people that... Do want to find comedians that are outside the box? You're going to find one today that you're going to love, and it's also going to open the floodgates to, to to comedy that's happening around the world that's just as funny, if not funnier. And you might find your new favorite comedian when you do just a little bit of research, man. Like on on the LaughBun.com, our uh, yeah, game changer of comedy this week is Alexi Sale. Yeah. Now maybe people who are in comedy in the U.S. are like, oh, Alexi Sale, like like you're just aware of it. Like Norman Lear, we mentioned. this. people. Yeah, Norman Lear, I kind of know what that yeah, is. Yeah, but you
0: and I mentioned Norman Lear as you and I, as almost forty-year-olds, mentioned right. it to a 17-, 18 year eighteen-year-old intern. And right. Why would he know? But who but a Norman fan of Lear comedy is? would be like, oh,
2: Norman Lear. Like oh, I've heard it before. Like yeah. oh, that was a good player from the seventies. You know, you just you hear the name thrown around enough, you yeah, don't know but, who it is. But well,
0: I mean, yes, yes, and no. I mean, like you know, you have your guys that have reached a Mount Rushmore of comedy. So like in two thousand sixteen, people do know Richard Pryor. They know George Carlin. They know Bill Hicks. They know those names. So, so why do they know those names and not Norman Lear? Because those names like are are constantly being mentioned by the people that they like this like You ask any comedian living today, working today, that they like, they're like, yeah, they'll mention one of those guys as their heroes, or Bill Cosby, or whatever. They'll mention one of those guys. So it's the name thing, because if people say- Well, it is, because at that time, there
2: there were still hundreds of comedians around at that time, but only like six or seven made it out. I mean, do people understand that the intro to Family Guy might as well be all in the family? I mean- Well, yeah. it, It is all in the family. That's my point. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, but... And
0: it's... I mean, like, it's its the it's same way of being upset at certain people because oh, they I'm don't know... Oh, well, I'm not upset. It's I'm not upset. I'm just bummed. It's the like, same way of being surprised that, like, no one knows that, like, the the Brad Pitt, uh... uh uh, remake of Ocean's Eleven was actually a remake. Oh sure, it's like yeah. oh George Clooney and Brad Pitt are making this new movie, and this new things Ocean's Eleven. It's like no, nah, it's a remake. But like it's like being upset about that, you know? It's yeah. like it's like okay, some people just don't know because it's before their time. And,
2: well, that's our job, you know. To you know educate. But,
0: but a great example: look at uh, overlay with music. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are classic songs from the sixties, classic songs from the seventies and eighties, but. There were thousands of songs released on a, on a weekly basis or a, a daily basis or a yearly basis in those times, but only so many of them actually stood the test of time and rose to the top. There are thousands of forgotten you know chart topping hits that you just don't hear about anymore it's the same way with comedy it's like some of those some of those names just kind of be they're either seen as influential and they kind of roll down into the next generation or the next gener- or the dad teaches the son or the or the daughter or the whomever well matt, and then, uh, and matt that's rest, how assured, rest yeah.
2: assured my kids will know about sail away from enya that hit isn't well, going oh, dude, anywhere
0: No, yeah, no that's that's it's not our, going it's anywhere. our right as, as, as Americans <laughs> That we need to definitely work on that so, Oh yeah, man totally. So I, I mean I, Part of it is like Right place right time Part of it's influence Sure Part of it is Headlines making headlines But like you know How many comedians are working today In 2016 Like Realistically billion. Yeah but realistically Come on in Yeah Hey, but what's like up? but like I realistic guess. but like realistically like, you know how many of them are going to exist stand till like You know another thousand years or another sure. 30 years or another whatever so
2: all right Well, let's get to our interview with Daniel Sloss uh, Very cool to have him come by really appreciative of him. Uh, check this guy out. You're gonna love him and uh, we'll talk to you on the flip side here According to my guest here. My name is actually uh, Mark Dixnott, I think Dick's it's not, a- not or yeah
1: cock porridge <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cock Forge. Yeah, that was, uh, it was uh, refreshing to get at least some new names. Yeah, yeah. I, always, uh,
1: I love I love euphemisms for things just like how disgusting some of them can be. Like the language and just taking something that's funny and gross and then just making it far too graphic. Even worse, yeah. Yeah.
2: Even worse. Well, that other voice you're hearing is uh, Daniel Sloss, a Scottish comedian who's Who's, uh, let's say, in town. Let's yeah. put that in air quotes. Yeah. So you're in New York City hanging out. You got to run a show's here, And uh, I'm going to start off by saying this, and, and this is what I always tell everyone when I talk about comedy, is nothing beats truth. Truth mm. is always the funniest. It always will be. Yep. And it's always the most relatable, which is why I think comedy works in the first place. Yeah. Right? And when I watched your set, I was like, all right, there's truth and then there's truth.
1: Yeah, you know because I by, like to go to the next level.
2: Yeah, and by the you know obviously by the the latter thirty or set it was like so truthful. Yeah, and uh, and you bring it up in your set, it it just you could feel the shifts of energy. Oh, it's the and, tension. Uh, there's uh, the, yeah,
1: there's the uh, there's the penny drop moment mm-hmm. where uh, just that one line is my favorite bit, and it just goes from them laughing to just the most deathly silence you've ever heard. <laughs> and it was, I remember the first time I did that joke, I became obsessed with it for a bit because of my flatmate, Gene, I was just like, there's a, it's the first time I've ever been in control of a silence. Like normally if you're a comedian and there's silence, it's bad and you're not in control of it. Right, it's, it's dangerous, yeah. And I was just like, I wonder how long I can leave that silence for until somebody heckles. So we used to have competitions just to see, you know, if I could get up to like 20, 25 seconds and you can, you just stand there. And nobody utters a fucking word. And uh yeah, I really enjoyed that. That to me was uh one of those bits where you're just like, ow, didn't know this was an option, didn't yeah. know you could do this. <laughs> and um yeah, yeah, I, I and I agree, the truth of it really makes it just fun to perform and uh also just like really protects uh the comedian on stage uh from sort of any sort of backlash I sort of feel like I'm just be, I am being Like I'm being honest in my life mm-hmm. Like I, I say my I say my opinions But I'm also very clear In the fact that I don't think my opinions Should be respected <laughs> right, uh, right But I still have them Right And still you're, still allowed them. To. Yeah. you're allowed to Yeah And you paid to hear them So <laughs> Whose
2: fault is it really Yeah you can walk out Whenever you want And just, two of them did yes As long yesterday. as you walk Yeah as long as you walk in For the one first minute
1: Yeah Yeah yeah
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's It's um uh, It's gotta be fascinating for you but But it's in a way, a good thing. I think if someone's going to leave, then you're not the right person that should be here anyway, right? Yeah. It's not who you want in the audience. Yeah, exactly.
1: For me, and those two women that left yesterday, I don't know why, I've been running through my head, I'm like, it must have just been the abortion jokes. Right. But there was only two, and they were never really about abortion. They were just... That's the,
2: the thing. You disguise cleverly, you know, these well-crafted jokes behind something like abortion, right? It's yeah. not even really about that. It's it was just, yeah. that was the gateway to the joke. Yeah, right, but right.
1: It, the punchline was and aren't abortions hilarious? It was a it was a play <laughs> on words and it was a pun, and then the other one was just sort of. Ridiculous. Like a lot, a lot of my punchlines are just. I say things. You just go. I clearly don't mean what I've just said. Like that's what's funny, is I obviously don't believe what I just said. But wouldn't it be fucked up and funny if I did? Right, right. And uh, but they laughed in a really good way. Like they just got up and left, and it was it was fine. Yeah. Uh, they didn't make a scene. They didn't make a big fucking who have. Like how oh, dare you? They just. And comedy is absolutely subjective. And. He, no, I would be I don't want to be a comedian that everyone likes right yeah it's like super safe yeah, yeah broad.
2: Well, well you make that pretty clear too like it, you're here in New York City for the first time mm-hmm. and and however people get here is uh, obviously a curious thing anyway you know because maybe they've heard of you maybe they saw young Conan maybe yeah. maybe they've uh, had a friend tell them and, and they're brought here but you, you make it uh, you know clear up front here's what I'm about this is my deal you know, get used to it, strap in, and, uh, and I would want nothing, me personally, I would want nothing less from a comedian, you know, because now I'm entering your world, I'm entering your headspace, yeah. yet somehow you can still communicate to me as an American uh, the same ideas and same thoughts and same things that are happening over in Scotland. Uh, they, they, still, we can still connect on that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Abortion's like, still abortion. Yeah. Or, or your thoughts about a religion is is across the board around the world. Everyone's having that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so,
1: although I do make it about Christianity, I also try to make clear that I, I'm saying about all religion, I'm just making christianity the subject because christianity is the one i grew up with
2: yeah i, I was raised catholic too which which ultimately means you're not anymore right yeah and exactly yeah, certain yeah. point of realization of wait they asked me for money and i was it, in second grade that's really this weird, like weird. I just had to
1: <laughs> pass oh yeah i find that well, i think that's the thing the difference between the uk is uk is uh, uh about 51 percent uh non-believers and mm. of the 49 percent that are believers you know about 15 percent belong to the other faiths um but I really believe, like none of them are. I would say only about ten percent of them actually believe in God. Like they're just right. used to they're used to saying it as an answer. Like they've they it's not a huge part of their life. Whereas over here, especially in some states, you just go, oh, this is like religion is actually your life. Like yes, in the yeah. UK, with most religious people. It's just like a part. It's a bit piece. It's like a little like footnote on a CV, whereas in some states over here, it's, I am the son of God. I am Jesus Christ's <laughs> son, and he loves me. And uh, I was ignorant to that, so I, I really had to sort of make sure that... it could Because I'm more likely to upset people with it over here, so I couldn't go in as harsh. Like, right, I right. I couldn't be as aggressive with the, your opinions are stupid... Like you, 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 you absolutely have. I have to respect your right to have a belief, but I do not have to respect that belief. Correct. That's the difference.
2: Yeah, and here in the states, I guess people take everything so personally,
1: right? You know, it's yeah. Well, like, I always find with comedy is being offended by comedy. To me, is and I've said this a bunch of times before. Uh, it's becoming a catchphrase. But to me, I find being offended by comedy is the most selfish thing. And the, like, there's what well, there's a comedian on stage who's been doing these jokes for however long to however many people, and you've somehow managed to make it about you, <laughs> right. as if that joke right. was just directed at you, ignoring everyone in that audience, and you're like, he was saying it to me. It was a personal attack. No, I, what are you talking you about? You said everything but my name. Yeah, it was just me. I know. <laughs> I saw you looked into my eyes and you called me an idiot. And I'm like, no, I just. I said some things are slightly idiotic, maybe? <laughs> but, but
2: that proves even more so the case of how relatable comedy can be, right? Because people do love jokes... And, and there there's that line where once it's – or they feel it's about mm. them that you've crossed the line. It's like all of a sudden you're not funny anymore. But like two seconds ago yeah. when when this joke wasn't about you, John, it was about her, Barbara. Yeah, yeah. You know, was, all of a sudden you're yeah, not you, cool with it.
1: Yeah, you can either be offended by everything or you can be offended by nothing, right? Because right. being picking and choosing what you're offended by is, again, another very egotistical thing to do because you were saying that you're – Uh, beliefs and your opinions are more important than the other ones like I'll do a joke Um, my friend Kai was doing a bunch of material and he was doing all this stuff about uh, I don't think it was religion I think it was about like drugs and there was probably like just maybe like a pedo joke in there or whatever but then later on, this girl got offended by a joke about diabetes because her sister has diabetes. You're like, you laughed at the pedo stuff. Right, <laughs> like, right, well, you, right. don't, you don't. You don't. Oh, but my sister has diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in this audience probably do. Like I've got my and, joke. And which they is, don't even
2: know it yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to find that joke even funnier. In one day. <laughs> just, oh, God.
1: <laughs> I have the joke that touches on uh, cancer. Where, so I'm not making fun of cancer, but I talk about cancer in the set. And people, I had a girl that was offended She was like, my granddad died of cancer I'm like, first of all uh, Most people in this audience either already have been affected by cancer right. Or absolutely will be Like, Everyone will either get cancer Or know someone that gets cancer uh, But I was not The victim of the joke Was never the victims of, the, of uh, cancer It's all about intent of a joke And I think that's where some people get mixed up They'll hear, uh, let's say, a uh, joke about rape Mm-hmm. Now, I think the problem with a lot of uh, rape jokes is one, 99% of them aren't funny. But right. to say all rape jokes aren't funny is doing a disservice to Amy Schumer, uh, Tina Fey, right. Sarah Silverman. Uh, it can be funny. It yeah. ca- I believe everything can it be, be funny. funny. But within those jokes, the intent of the joke was never to make fun of the victims or uh, it was never to offend anyone. Uh, it was to sort of spread light or sort of poke holes in arguments or whatever and people... If you sometimes people misread the intent, uh, or or maybe as a comedian you've put the intent you've not made the intent of it you know clear. But there's a comedian, Australian comic called Brendan Burns. Yeah, who, sure, Brendan, I know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He uh, a couple of years ago wanted to write a rape joke that made rape victims laugh. Like, and he really went out and he met with a bunch of them, and he did, and he did it. So. For me, I'm just like that's it. That's that's the argument null and void, right? Because he, I'm not saying I'm capable of doing it. I don't do any uh, jokes uh, on that matter, uh, just because I personally don't think I am a good enough comic yet.
2: You'll to, get there. You'll I'll, get. I'll, I'll there, get man. there one You're day. There. One day. Well, well. Speaking of which, you've you've uh, you've been at this from a very early age, and uh, and I want to talk about Edinburgh a little bit because people here in the states. If, if you're a comedy nerd or a fan of comedy, you, you know about that festival, because it's the festival of all festivals. I mean, it's it's massive. It's the F-
1: festival. It's been around forever. It's the biggest and- arts festival in the world. In the world, right. The only two, yeah. uh, th- uh, we found out the only two things that sell more tickets than the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in the world are the World Cup the world and Cup. the Olympics. That's it. That's it. And then the third highest ever to- is Ed- the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Like, it's... <laughs> I didn't know that, but that was insane when I found that. Yeah, out. But it makes sense. It's a month where mm-hmm. there are ten thousand shows on in twenty five days.
2: So you've been able to break through
1: this this festival. You've done really well for yourself. And and you've been two thousand and
2: nine, maybe you start when was your first uh...
1: I did uh, a competition and like a double header show so me and another comedian doing twenty minutes each. I okay. in two thousand and eight. Okay. And then two thousand and nine was when I did my first solo show there.
2: So you skipped all the street performing first to break through yeah, again? Yeah, I, still,
1: I go watch the street performers, some of the street performers. Yeah, they're great. In Edinburgh. Hilarious. <laughs> and I remember seeing, uh, you know, Eddie Izzard used to be a street performer at the Edinburgh Festival. And there, uh, just being weird and doing, you know, chuckling and bits on the street. Gamar is a double um, a double act from Japan. They started on the streets of Edinburgh. I flyered, but it was, I was always very much making sure that it was indoor. <laughs> My comedy doesn't work outside. I can't imagine it just works on the street. Because, you know, you've, you've seen the show in My Style. It really does require that sort of intimacy and, yeah. and, and an audience there. You can't really do that when there's fucking music going on over there or some guy juggling fire and chainsaws in the corner. <laughs> kind of takes away from my what I think are deep punchlines
2: right right, uh, yeah you get hit hit with a saw you know, yeah, a, yeah, a, wait like, what did he say go back go, go back two two two. and then
1: just shaking the bucket at the end do
2: you think that's what Jesus had to deal with too when he yeah. was giving his sermons do you think he was yeah. like yo yo could you stop the uh, yeah. the rock juggler the stoning over there could you? <laughs> or it's just like he
1: was overrunning, and there's like another guy <laughs> right. speaking being like gee you said you'd be off by two you said you said when the sun was at that point you'd be off it's now <laughs> down there you've over I booked this spot Yeah, yes I did yeah, are you know, uh, that's why we write it on the tablet.
2: <laughs> the sunset is the original red light. I love yeah,
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I got well, those. My yeah. final five. I Can you give me uh, two stones at four? Four <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah, just throw two stones at four minutes.
2: <laughs>
1: oh man, it's great.
2: So, so Fringe is obviously uh, respected, you know, all over the world, yeah. and and here in the states, I think people. Some people, like I said, comedy nerds are clearly aware, but they don't understand what this festival is and the power it carries and and how easily it could make or break someone's career. Like, if you get good reviews out of the gate, like, you're golden, you know? It it feels like you're almost on your way to success, whereas if you get kind of shat on...
1: Yeah, you know, can... you got to
2: kind of hide for a little bit before you come back, right? Is it is it still the the case?
1: Uh, for me, I've managed to completely uh, step outside of that now, which is good because I've been doing the festival for so long, and because I'm Scottish, and because the Scots are a race of people that are just like loyal to their own. Sure, very protective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, for the past four years, um, my sh- my shows well sell out in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I do the same room every year, the same audience come back. Uh, we have a good sort of marketing campaign, so I, I, st- I didn't stop letting reviewers in, that was something that came, people were like, oh, you stopped letting reviewers come in No, no, I stopped giving free tickets to reviewers and then none of them showed up Right, <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know Correct. about people who review comedy <laughs> right. The second the tickets were no longer free they were suddenly not really that interesting Yeah, coming well, to the who shows. this
2: guy, uh, D- 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 Daniela
1: yeah, Slogan And for me, I, I didn't need the reviews, because mm. uh, reviews can help sell tickets, but we're the show sells right out on the day without the help of the reviews, and reviewers. that's
2: awesome. Congrats, man, because that's a testament to you and what you're doing. Oh, no, it's a testament you know.
1: to uh, my flowering team and my <laughs> my manager and my agent and my PR. Very little to do with me. I just have I just have to turn up with the with the goods. With
2: 45 minutes of silence, like yeah, the rooms I, packed, you just to hang out out like, there. It's just, guys, I'm it.
1: just going to stretch a 10 minute bit out into 50 minutes. So please laugh excessively. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man, well uh, you've had an awesome run, and now you now you do this in the states, uh, LA, now New York what do you think the value is um other than getting new fans acquiring new fans but but coming here to the states and and doing it in new york this go around like what like what do you want to get out of performing i, well, I want to learn more
1: like I, mm-hmm. like all i want i just want to be one day i want to be the best living stand-up like i want to, or i like i want to be uh considered uh, one day i want you know uh kim young comedians to look at me in the same way that i look at like bill burr and louis ck i want to i want to i want to just be one of the ones he just got he was one of the greats like he was through and through a fucking stand-up and in order to do that you just have to just keep doing it you have to keep turning over material you've got to go everywhere and uh, try new things and uh, i find a lot of time especially in places like uh, new york and la you've got very comedy-literate audiences uh, that allow you to challenge yourself comedically and go down routes that you might not have gone down and um, just learn, just learn how to go into a place that you didn't grow up in, that you've not been to before, uh, and just people who have no right to, and still make them laugh and be like, oh God, like find that common ground with absolute strangers with an entirely different background and still be fucking funny Um, and, I'm getting there. Uh, you did
2: well last night, man. Everyone loved good, you. It was too. good. It was
1: good. I enjoyed it, but like it's 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 always that thing with I think people always, especially British comedians, and I get it, a lot of people are like you're so down on yourself. I'm like, no, no, no. I just know how good I can be. Right. Like right. you guys, if you see one gig of me. Uh, that's the only time you see me. So You're like, I thought that was great. I'm like, I've seen every one of my gigs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, that I was know one the... out of two thousand
2: shows. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it, don't get me wrong. Probably in the top two hundred. Yeah. But there was still hundred ninety-seven times I've been better than that.
2: Well, that's the that's a sign of a of a, a really good artist, I believe. You know, you you instead of. Counting the 10,000 people that laughed, you count the one that didn't, and you're like, how can I fix that? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that's just the. Well, no, th- it's
1: it like if they That's the, also the burden. Of yeah, yeah, of too. That, yeah. Because that is the typical comedian thing. There could be 9,000 people laughing, and you'll <laughs> just focus on the one that isn't.
2: And you're like, damn
1: it. Yeah. But then yeah. you also have to work out why that person, if that person's not laughing because they hold entirely different beliefs, or you can't compromise. Uh, your beliefs on stage just to make that one person laugh. You can try and be a bit more inclusive and try and explain, which is what I do a lot of time when I'm over here. Is just like, you might disagree with me, but just follow my logic yeah. for a bit. And even if you still disagree with me, just laugh at how stupid my logic is, because that's what it is. Uh, that's why I really like uh, Bill Burr as a comedian. You watch what he does. He'll say something outrageous and then just spends the next five, ten minutes justifying it and there are things that Bilbo says that I don't agree with. There's other loads of stuff I do, but there's sometimes you'll say something and be like, "Oh, I don't agree with that." But by the end of the joke, I still don't agree with them. But I've laughed the whole way through. Yeah, it's uh, very funny, right? Yeah. And that's, it's the presentation, that, sure. yeah. And to me, that's the that's the sign of just an excellent fucking stand-up, like where you're just like, yeah, I, f- I from my core. Didn't agree with you And you've just made me laugh To that core um, And made made you think Like I like I like comedy That makes you think I don't think it's Necessary for comedy I don't think But it's the comedy I enjoy
2: Yeah I'm attracted to the same I, I, I don't know about you I don't know what your gateway was As far as funny But like Stephen Wright To me as a kid yeah. I don't know if you know Stephen and yeah, his work But but those sort of just quick one liner jokes where I'm like, okay, he's combining two things. It was thoughtful. That was a good bit. Yeah. You know, and as like an eight year old, I'm like, this guy is he's like, this so, is yeah. so much better than just someone running into a wall. You know? Yeah, yeah. Fart and jokes. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so uh, I'm the same way, man. That, I was led down that path of like, I need heady stuff because I want to leave knowing I not only laughed, but I, I thought about stuff. I was challenged, like you said, yeah. even if I disagree, and, and in the end we all win, and we can all still be friends, and everyone's cool, yeah. and it's there's no problem. That's okay, why I, I
1: find when people get upset by comedy. I'm like, do you agree with everything your friends say all the time? Like, no. do you just have little friend groups where you all sit down, and all you do is nod all day? Well, we like, disagreed just, with our favorite football clubs, yeah, but we're you, still having a conversation you are, afterwards. <laughs> you are a piece of shit Arsenal fan, and I am glory glory uh, <laughs> on the Chelsea. Um, So funny But yeah That's the thing I think sometimes People who aren't necessarily comedy literate just can't get through their head Like Mm. But I don't agree with you And you're like Yeah Like We're we're a million snowflakes On this fucking planet Like What are you We're we're never going to agree on everything But That's How dull would that be it would be, yeah, it would be extremely
2: boring. And uh, we would have a bunch of the same movies would yeah, just come just out. Over all and the TV again. shows are the same and everything's the same. We don't want that. That's... No,
1: you want to be, I like being challenged because sometimes I, I, I love being right, but sometimes I love being wrong. Like if someone, if somebody really like obliterates one of my arguments, my dad is a perfect example. I'll argue with my dad all the time. No argument, you know, debate. Right. And he'll just destroy beliefs I have. And I'm just like, <laughs> I've really now got to go... Think about this because he's right, and and, and then I'll be, go in. I'm like, I oh, should have said this, but and and I like that. I think the sign of a good human being is someone that is able to just go, Oh, I was wrong, and now I will go. I'm not going to put up this wall of fuck you. I disagree. You just go, Huh, that is a good point.
2: And the first time you you admit to yourself that you're wrong, and you tell the people, the easier it is to do it the next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first. You know, yeah, the first, keep the first. The first. <laughs> Now, do you, do you find your, your sensibilities, your, um, the, the abilities you have to be funny, uh, come solely from your environment the, and the, the place you grew up and, and your family, or did it come from like seeking out adventurous things and, and soaking up what you witnessed and then regurgitating that back onto society? Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah. when I started, it was that sort of observation funny things sort of happened, but my sense of humor... Uh, definitely comes from my uh, family and f- and friends like i used to do some sort of observational bits and like sort of been like oh this happened the other day and you know i've still got some of that in my show you know i've got the mm-hmm. entire uh, you know story about the time i put mouthwash on my dick that's <laughs> just, a, just that's the story
2: it's a uh, an illogical one yeah bet, it, it, you know yeah
1: <laughs> um but f- for me uh it i now get it from what makes me laugh the most when i'm with my friends and family is talking about ideas like my uh, one of my best friends and my support act on tour is a comedian called Kai Humphreys. Now me and Kai uh, disagree on a lot of things, but we laugh the whole way through, and we'll argue and we'll uh, discuss ideas because he's got some dumbass ideas, I've got some dumbass ideas, and we just go out and it and when you justify to each other, you just laugh the whole uh, fucking time, and that's so I'm like that makes me laugh hardest off stage, so that's. That level of laugh from experience is what I want my audience to fucking laugh. Because like, that's the laugh I enjoy. Uh, do
2: you, do, would you prefer to, uh, you know, it's always easier when you're in an audience od- or you have an audience that agrees with most of your thoughts, mm. right? Like like uh, being an atheist and, and how you feel about gay marriage and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, yes, 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 agree, yes, yes. Uh, and that's okay. But um, would you rather perform in front of people that don't Agree with you?
1: Not with those subjects. But like when it comes to uh, when it comes to gay rights uh, and when it comes to religion, I find the people who are against gay rights and who are against you know religion, which is very not all. I, I have religious people in my show uh, a lot of the time. I would say about thirty percent of my audience are religious people who, and I see them after the show. They're like, "Hey, I'm Christian, but I loved your stuff." <laughs> like with, with those ones, yeah, but. There are some that just, they won't, you can't change their mind. Like, and they're not even open to the idea of it. Anything you say against their belief, they take as that personal affront. And
2: that, that's that's weird and scary because I feel like comedy is the last, not not soapbox, but the last sort of gateway to being able to fix stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Mean? Which is why it's so infused in politics now. And you see all these politicians have to go on these comedy shows. So yeah. They, you know, it's and just, have
1: their ideas. Yeah. My uncle, the minister, uh, me and Kai were sat down getting fucking drunk with him. And he was like, you, you guys are the new preachers. like, mm-hmm. and, you, and you're arguably co- comedians are better preachers in the fact that he'll go and talk to his congregation and they're just coming out of habit. Like they're coming out of this thing and they're not even really listening some of the time. Whereas everyone that goes to a comedy show to see a comedian is, is listening the whole way through. Like they've gone out and they've actively uh, sought that. Which is why um, I, for me, and not for all comedians, that's why I think there is a little bit of responsibility as a stand-up to say certain things or to challenge ideas or to talk about certain things in an audience think. so you know I've got my 15 minute routine about why I think tampons should be free uh, and it's something that most men won't have thought about it, even some women but that's I, I think is important to because it's so funny like I'm not up there being like here's this thing and it's not I'm just I'd be like isn't it a bit weird that they're not isn't it like yeah little, it's very matter of fact like it
2: kind of makes sense yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: and the audience said, then they think it, they go oh fuck and uh, <laughs> I I like that sort of stuff I think you know you've got to take into account that even though sometimes they might just be jokes uh, to you it can sort of affect Uh, especially young audience members you know now
2: now if you actually change that here in america and now tampons are free yeah are you gonna be cool if they're
1: called sloss sticks oh absolutely just yeah yeah. shove sloss up your (laughs) pussy like yeah that'll (laughs) be the slogan up your bloody pussy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that'd be great, man. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a goal for a comedian to have a tampon named after them. But hey, if you did, I, I look, you know, you know what? It's, it's as a, it's good as a, dr- a street. It's yeah, as good it's, as
1: a street. It's a dream I didn't know I had until right now. Uh, but also, that's not an original. There's loads of people who have always yeah. argued that uh, tampons should be free uh, and stuff. But, you know. Those are people that don't necessarily have the audience uh, that, that they can go and spread this thing, you know, I tour the world So I'm just like hey, if we can go spread this a lot and it's a joke. It's just a joke if you disagree with it fine And I enjoy talking about it fundamentally the, the joke is funny and the point also happens to be good, and I think that's what I like I would never I don't think just make a point but with very little punchlines. I've got ideas and principles that I have that I can't make funny yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just going to go on stage and be like, okay, so here's the other thing about how we should tax th- people. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless I can add any punchlines in, I'm not doing that bit on stage. Because uh, yeah. ultimately, my job is to make you laugh. All right, all I right. also just like to make you think as well.
2: Have uh, Have you made the journey up to George Carlin way yet? Have you seen uh, George Carlin's got his own street here in New York City now?
1: No, no. Yeah, there
2: was a ceremony uh, like a year and some change ago. And no, was, um, they officially up on 121st in Amsterdam. You should go yeah, check it out I if you got the well. time, man.
1: His, uh, his daughter Kelly is coming to my uh, my show in LA. Oh, that's
2: fantastic. She's a dear friend of mine. So, oh, I, yeah, I, have to I, make I, sure I think I've you met, you met tell her briefly said,
1: once, but she just seems like the fucking sweetest and coolest She's person.
2: awesome. You're yeah. going to have so much fun hanging out with her, man. Oh, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked for you, man. <laughs> yeah Kelly's amazing well uh what's what's next for you like i i don't want to get too philosophical but but I feel like that's that's where you're at with your comedy and and you said there was observational stuff, but now you're leaning more towards this uh intertwining of of comedy with what's going on in society. Do you think you'll ever find your voice in comedy with that said or or you know what you want to be and that's where you're you know you've seen the peak of the mountain you're just climbing that mountain right now
1: yeah f- for for me like uh I was finding people who go. I found my voice, and I'm like, I don't think. Maybe, I, maybe it's just because I'm young, but I don't think I. It's think you can find your voice fully because that's as if your voice is is a final destination that's not constantly moving. Like right. that is what we were just saying. Of like, you're not willing to change your opinions. My voice has changed over the years. I've definitely more into it, and it's just it's basically like chasing after something. You just got to keep. You got to make sure that the distance between you and your voice is quite close. But if it's ever stationary there's no room for improvement yeah like for me any ambitions i have uh are trivial and don't really matter my at the age of 17 all i wanted to do was be a stand-up comedian i wanted to be a stand-up comedian and i wanted to make a living at stand-up comedy i am now doing that so dream achieved that's it and it's uh, that now I'm just about maintaining it like I just want to everything else from here on in is a bonus I I would love to do uh, television I'd love to get into uh, acting a bit more if the role was right like it's not a big deal but I've seen some stuff where I'm like oh that would be cool to play like a really funny part in like a uh, sitcom or a movie but if that doesn't happen I'm as long as I'm still a stand-up comedian as long as I still get to keep doing what I'm doing now like if if, I, if the next 15 years of my life are just exactly what I'm doing right now, fucking over the moon with that's that.
2: That's great. Late night TV spots, you yeah, know, performing do, on At Midnight, yeah, hanging out here in the States.
1: Get, get States, fucking Australia. Touring I do, the world. Yeah. I do a European tour every year, which is amazing. I get to go to weird places like Lithuania and Estonia and do comedy people out there. I'm just like, that's is fucking amazing. Yeah, what a cool way to see the world, man. Yeah, yeah, very cool way to see the world. Never see any of the sites, though, just the bars. <laughs> So those are half the yeah. those are half the sites, yeah. man. Those are half the
2: sites. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for the time, man. I really oh, appreciate nice it. Congrats everybody. on all the success and and uh, more power to you while you're here in the states. And hopefully, people get on board, you know, with the sloss slossus monster, yeah. <laughs> as, <you're, laughs> as you call it. Um, well, I will say this, and this is the last thing I want to talk to you about because. Comedy here in the U.S. and, and comedy, uh, I hate to say overseas because it's, it's, everything's so globalized now, you know. Uh, so to say over the pond would be silly. But I feel like when I was growing up in the 80s, you know, comedy that came out of the U.K. that my dad showed to me because he was a big fan of everything. You know, I I grew up on, you know, Red Dwarf and, yeah. you know, all those shows. I was going like, to mention your shirt. Oh, oh, shit, it got open. <laughs> um, I love Red Dwarf. Yeah, me too. And, and so so those sensibilities were always instilled in me at a young age. But I felt with comedy, it was always this Big storytelling arc Like there was It was almost like A bigger production I felt like I was Watching movies When I was watching A stand-up perform over there Versus in the US Where it was like Either impression Or joke 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 You know what I mean Uh, Do you feel like Those two worlds Are kind of coming together Or do you I do know yeah
1: Like uh, I what happens a lot if British comedians when they do their show at the Edinburgh Festival is there's always a it's always themed shows or, or stories or shows with an arc in it. Mm-hmm. And I was always I always wanted to stay away from that because the stand up I like is American stand up. You watch Louis CK's special, there's no through arc. That's just an hour and right. a half of solid stand up and that's what I really like um, but but that don't get me wrong. I've seen some amazing shows like Mike Birbiglia's my uh girlfriend's ex-boyfriend yeah it's one of those shows which is a full story with an arc and a message and it's it's a fucking excellent excellent show um i like to sort of go in between like i I mean i guess there's some um message in my show ish really but there's no arc there's not a beginning a middle Mm -hmm. of an end there's it's just 90 minutes of talking shit (laughs)
2: Well, you do very well. Thanks, buddy. And uh, it was a pleasure to see you perform here and, Thanks, uh, in New York. And I guess I'll put, the, I'll laminate that ticket stub, you know? Yeah. yeah. So 15 years from now, when, when you're I'm still, di- yeah, when, when you're dead, <laughs> we'll find out where you died and I'll lay that yeah, ticket just stub lay it. right <laughs> out there and say, thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Cheers, man. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Daniel Sloss, for hanging out with Matt and I. Follow us on all the socials, wherever you can type in the Laugh Button. And uh, head over to theLaughButton.com. Check out all the latest stories, news, interviews, reviews, and all the uh, fun, sort of more topical stuff we've been doing lately. And uh, hit our merch store, buy a couple t shirts, support the people that support comedy so we can keep uh, bringing you the good news. And Matt, until it's next time, fall it out of your. Goodbye head. forever. Amen.